Hallelujah. Every hand lifted to heaven. Jesus, we came to worship you, our King of kings and our Lord of lords. Holy Ghost, this meeting belongs to you. Anything you want to say, anything you want to do, we're here for you. We came to receive from you. Lord, I thank you that you meet your people at the level of their hunger today. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's just hang out right here for a minute. There's something about the Holy Ghost. He doesn't like to be relegated to the last five minutes of the meeting. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, If you will bring it, I will break it right now. If you will bring it, I will break it right now. That cursed taste in your mouth shall never return in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And just because a doctor prescribed it doesn't mean it doesn't have you bound. If you will bring it right now, God breaks it in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Father. How we love you, Jesus. You're so wonderful. Everything that you want for the people of Grace and Truth Church today, nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else than your very best for the people that drove out to Grace and Truth Church this morning. Oh, hallelujah. You know, there's something crazy about the American church. You can have anointed praise and worship, and the whole place is just filled with the presence of God. And then the worship will dissipate, the lights will come back up, and then the presence of God does a slow descent until you can't even tell that He was ever there. And people leave the same way that they came. No, that's not the way that this thing's supposed to work. This thing's supposed to be a crescendo from the presence of God. There's more than we ever dreamed in the presence of God. And there's great teachers, and there's great teachers, and there's all kinds of great ministers all over the body of Christ. And we can receive from all those gifts. But you came out this morning to a prophetic meeting, and I've got one gear in the Holy Ghost, and that's let it rip. In fact, let me just say, my good friend Will Brocker, Grace and Truth Church, Every time I come, I rename the church for one service only. It is now Let It Rip Fellowship for the next couple of hours. If you came to receive from God, you can have anything you want. The Spirit of God says, come and dine, come and dine. It's all spread before you. Come and dine. Come and receive. You brought needs. This lady right here. You came to receive from God this morning. And you're going to have everything that God has for you. That's a promise. Let me see your hand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Out of my right hand right now comes an anointing that takes pressure, pressure, pressure off of your life. 
like a pressure valve being released, like, whew, it goes, it goes. Because you came, God meets you at the level of your hunger now. In Jesus' name, put your hand on your belly. I release into you right now this anointing. It changes everything from this moment. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory, to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Even six weeks from now, you'll still be feeling in your body what I just released. It's all Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. The only thing that matters on planet Earth is what does Jesus want? For my life, for a church meeting, for my business, for my marriage, for my family. If we could just live so abandoned. Jesus, only what you want. Get up every morning, Holy Ghost, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll say anything you want me to say. I'll do anything you want me to do. It is so much fun out on the edge with God. But you can't plan month to month, year to year, decade to decade. There's something about God that He demands that we seek Him for direction. And I feel this in my spirit as I stand up here. There is direction and answers being released. Now you're in a prophetic meeting. This is what happens when a prophet stands up in front of people. There's direction and there are answers by the Holy Ghost. And you can have them. Hallelujah. And listen, I flow a little bit different. You will leave here. And if you tried to take notes, you would be like, what in the world was that? Don't even bother. Listen with your spirit. God has something for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I wasn't here in January to do a proper New Year's prophetic service. So here we are the last Sunday in February. And I just want to talk about what the Holy Ghost is saying to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in America. Anybody interested in what's on God's heart? It's all I care about. You can have anything you want. You can do anything you want. I only want what Jesus wants. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me ask you a question, grace and truth. What did you come for this morning? Target your faith this morning to receive from the hand of God. And I promise you in Jesus' name, you can have it. I've been at this thing a day or two. I'm in my 30th year of full-time ministry. The great difference between ministering in America and other nations of the world is the, is the spiritual desperation of the people. If we have to have God, He never disappoints. Romans 10 has the audacity to say that those who trust in the Lord will never, ever, under any circumstances, be put to shame. Target your faith this Sunday morning to receive from the Holy Ghost. I promise you this. If I have something from God, I'll give it to you. But if you were here last week, that's actually not God's best. God's best is He would speak to you right down in here. And something in the Holy Ghost, something from some bald, sweaty prophet would confirm what God's been speaking to you for years. God, could that possibly be true from our life? Yes. Yes. That which remains for years and years and years as you study and you pray and you fast, that's the realest stuff in the kingdom of God for you. Hallelujah. Amen. 
And I'll tell you this, in Jesus' name, you'll have it. I'm not just saying that. Listen with your spirit. God says you will have it. Hallelujah. Hey, this is what makes life worth living. This is what makes life worth living. If God said it, I don't care what the circumstances look like. I'm going to have everything my Father has for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was up this morning. I drove in two hours. As the sun was rising over the ocean in Crystal Beach, I was watching the sun come up, and I was praying for you. And I saw many of your faces. God has some good stuff. This couple right here, you were here last week. I asked the Lord to bring you back. You're not here by accident. I had something in the spirit for both of you. And I looked up and you were gone. And I asked the Lord, bring that couple back. That mighty man and woman of God, bring them back. Don't leave the meeting early. God has something for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, look, I sound angry, but I'm not. Oh, listen, listen, listen. God found me when I was 19 years old. And God gave me a nickname. It says, you shall be known in the nations of the earth as the gentle giant. And I've lost 100 pounds almost. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a littler version of the giant that I used to be. But, but I sound loud and I, and I yell. But this thing on the inside of me like Jeremiah, there is a fire shut up in my bones. If I could... If I could if, I have begged God, please let me sit and just be an expositor of the word and break it down line by line. It's never going to happen. So many weeks I'll watch Pastor Will and I just admire that so much. It makes so much sense. There's a beginning, a middle, an end, an application. Praise the Lord. It's so good. Just receive one phrase from heaven and we'll be doing all right. 30 years later, I'm still running on some stuff I got from God when I was 19. Man, the stuff that God gives, it'll keep you for generations. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! I feel good. I do. Praise the Lord. I asked God, what would you have me minister on at Grace and Truth Church? And he said, son, you're coming off a 40-day fast. Tell them what I told you. So I started it last week. I'm going to pick it right back up. I'm going to tell you some things that God told me to prepare the church for 2024 and the years that are ahead. And I don't take these things lightly. When God speaks every true word from God, you'll hear me give some phrases and some things that sound like little preacher ditties and things like that. Every true word from God carries an anointing from heaven to appropriate it in your life. Now, everything I minister this morning may not hit you in your spirit. That's okay. If it resonates, it's for you. You hear me? If it stirs you down in your spirit, it's for you. Hallelujah. This time of year, we have lots of words coming out in the body of Christ. Thank God. That we don't just have pastors and teachers and evangelists. But on the earth, we still have apostles and prophets. And they serve a vital role. You wouldn't know it in America, but they serve a vital role in the body of Christ. And there's lots of words. And I look on social media and I'm like, God, 
if everything that people are saying is really you, you are very confused. Some people say the judgment's coming on America. Some people say in the greatest prosperity we've ever known. Some people say God's angry at abortion and homosexuality. Some people say it's all good. Some people say this is the church's finest hour. Some people say judgment's coming to the house of God. We got to discern what's God saying and how does it matter for us in our stream of the body of Christ. You know, this kingdom is wide and there's many, many expressions. And I'm like a Holy Ghost Pentecostal, but God loves the Baptist and he loves the Lutherans and he loves the Methodist. But I'm not at a Baptist church this morning. I'm not at a Lutheran church this morning. I'm full of people that are full of the fire of God. So everything we talk about today is through that vein. I said, Lord, what's the word of the Lord for grace and truth church? And God said, grace and truth church in 2024 is a signs and wonders church. Filled with signs and wonders people in the midst of a signs and wonders generation. That's the word of the Lord. And I'm not Pastor Will, but if I was Pastor Will, I'd be running on that, preaching on that every week in 2024. God, if you said we're a signs and wonders church, I'm a signs and wonders pastor full of signs and wonders people. And this is a signs and wonders generation. Woo! We're signs and wonders folks. Hallelujah. But I said, Lord, what would you have me minister on at Grace and Truth? And he said, I want you to tell the people it's time to move up higher. Move up higher. Last week as I was preparing for the meeting, I literally saw. You can say, did you see it in your spirit? Did you see it in an open vision? I'm telling you I saw with these two brown eyes, I saw a moving truck. And it said, Grace and Truth Church, it's moving day. It's time to move up higher into the things of the Spirit. This is a grace church. Well established in grace. You understand what I'm saying? But there's a new flow coming of signs and wonders to this house. You say, how do you know? Because I saw it. I saw those two gray doors. I saw that exit sign with the stain. And I saw a stream of water come in the front door of that little entrance right there. And I saw it come and it was less than two millimeters. And then it began to grow and grow. And then it was three inches. And then it was six inches. And it stopped when this entire place is flooded with water. That's a picture of the signs and wonders anointing that's present for this house. But you can't be in Houston and talk about water rising in a building without people thinking about hurricanes and flooding. I've had two homes completely wiped out by hurricanes. Hurricane Alicia and Hurricane Ike. I mean, 100% total loss wiped off the face of planet Earth. So I understand that. No, this is a good flood of the Spirit of God coming to Grace and Truth Church. Hallelujah. I mentioned this last week. There's a lot of words in the, in, the, in the body of Christ right now. And they're all, I, I choose to believe they're all valid. These are people that have sought the Lord in prayer and fasting, consecrated, laid down lives, and they are releasing words for the body of Christ. 
and it's for a whole group of people. Some of it makes me scratch my head and go, that is definitely not for me. But there was a word that another prophet gave named Bobby Connors, and I wanted to tell you about it. He said that 2024 would be the year of the open door. Now that sounds like a good preacher ditty. And I've done that for years, try to make things rhyme, and it's good. When I pastored the same church for 20 years, I tried to have things that people could remember all year, and, you know, they'd write it inside their Bible and all that kind of stuff. But he had a real supernatural encounter that bore witness with me. And I'm going somewhere, but let me tell you the story. Anybody know Bobby Connors, the prophet? Okay. So he was a Southern Baptist pastor in Bullard, Texas. He is a prophet of God. Literally, I got called into the ministry under his ministry. I had the misfortune and the good fortune to walk into a meeting in Fairfield, Texas when I was 19 years old. He called me out, told me everything about my life, named by name the dean of the Bible college that I was going to that was persecuting me for the move of the Holy Ghost and called him a tool of the devil openly, not knowing what he was saying. And God said, you young man in the suspenders, I've called you to active duty. You are to leave Bible college, and I've called you to the full-time ministry. I don't, look, I've raised up lots of ministers and missionaries. I don't let any of them quit Bible college. But I, I live this. I was only in Bible school for three years. And God supernaturally told me, you're out of here. So I trust Bobby Connors. I, I'm a fruit of his ministry. And he said the Lord told him that 2024 was the year of the open door. And then God gave him a supernatural thing that some of us prophets get sometimes. He lives in Moravian Falls, North Carolina, but he has a home still in East Texas. And in that home in East Texas, there is a safe that no one can open. And the problem is that inside that safe that no one can open, there's a jewelry box with a very expensive watch that he wanted to get out. And for two years, every time he goes back to East Texas from his home in Moravian Falls, they can't get the safe open. They called out the safe company, very expensive gun safe. It can't be opened without drilling out all the locks and mechanisms and ruining it. They never wanted to do that. So for two years, every time he's gone there, it's been a great source of frustration. There's a very expensive piece of jewelry I want to get out of that safe. Well, as he was waiting on the Lord in late December, the Lord said, 2024 is the year of the open door. Now go open that safe. And he walked into the bedroom where the gun safe is, and as he extended his hand, the entire thing supernaturally opened. Pretty awesome. It gets better. Inside, there was a sealed locked jewelry box with a Rolex watch. He had put it in there two years before. When he pulled out the jewelry box, remember, the big safe supernaturally opens in front of him, pops open, he opens the jewelry box, and the Rolex watch is still in there, still ticking with the current date and current time of late 2023. That's supernatural. Understand that when you wear like an automatic watch, like this watch here, it's, it's kept ticking by the rotation of your hand. It has about a three-day life. Ask me how I know. If I forget to wear it, it dies. So for two years, the Lord either kept it running 
or he automatically started it and an angel set the time and date for him as that sucker was swinging open. He said, that's the supernatural sign. This is the year of the open door. That resonates with me. We're about to take bigger steps than we've ever taken in ministry because I know the Lord says, this is the year of the open door. You say, Russell, why do you share that? Because if you've got things that you're praying about that look like God's opening some things, it looks like God is leading you in that direction, I'm telling you in Jesus' name, let it rip. Go for it in Jesus' name. There's an anointing for it. And it's not just a cute little preacher ditty. 2024 is the year of your open door. Amen. You can have it. Hallelujah. Unbeknown, unbeknownst to Pastor Will, his ministry is about to go around the world in 2024. You say, how do you know? Because I stood right here last Sunday morning and heard myself say, I'm going to hire you a full-time media director to send your media ministry around the world. So now, my wife told me that. I left the meeting, did not remember that I had said that under the Holy Ghost at all. But I have sworn to my own hurt. When I get back to my office in Tampa, I'm hiring Pastor Will, a media director, and his ministry is going to go around the world. And I see it now. I'm telling you, there are, there are churches all over India. There are churches all over India that will play your messages in their, mid in their midweek service. You'll see. You'll see. I told Belinda on the drive this morning, I don't even have a full-time media director. Come on now. Praise the Lord. This is the year of the open door. I feel that. I feel that. I stand in front of y'all. Pastor Will says, I've met you before here. I don't remember that. But as soon as I walked in the door and I saw you, I, I, I know powerful men and women of God. And the hand of the Lord is on you guys so strong. But the Lord tells me in my left ear to tell you right now, what you're about to step into in ministry will be the easiest thing you've ever done. You've done some very hard things that have really stretched you. The Lord says, I've got this. The next thing you do in ministry will be the easiest thing that you've ever done. Praise the Lord. You can have it. And in my left ear, I hear the statesman. That's you. That's you. The apostle, the, the apostolic work, the builder, the planter. That's you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you in Jesus' name. Money is coming to your ministry. Praise the Lord. Money is coming to your ministry. I, I hear the voice of your wife. Where did all this come from? Money is coming to your ministry. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to sow into your ministry. I'm going to give you $1,000 today because I just want to be in on that anointing. I just want to be in on that anointing that's going to break loose for your ministry. Praise the Lord. Don't leave without me getting your details. Hallelujah. This whole row right here, you guys, y'all are connected somehow in the spirit. Now, you mentioned to me that you might bring some friends. Are these them? Yeah, but, but I see this connection in the spirit. You know, there's enough firepower right here to put the devil on the run. I'm telling you. But, but you, sir, I don't know anything... Can I, hold you, can I just take your hand? I don't know anything about you, but the Lord just wants you to know that out of this hand, that healings and miracles will flow, not just by covenant, 
but by the operation of the working of miracles out of this hand, healings and miracles will flow. And the thing that you've asked the Lord for, you're, you're kind of quiet, but the thing that you've asked the Lord for, you're going to have. You're going to see like the, the down payment on it in the next few months, but you'll be rolling in it, says the Spirit of God, in next year. You'll be rolling in it, and it's going to extend your days on the earth. Lift both of your hands to heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you protect the anointing. The anointing will protect you. It will extend your days. This will make a lot more sense to you in the future. You'll remember these words. You protect the anointing. The anointing will protect you. And it will extend your days on the earth. I know what I'm saying, man of God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. There's a real strength about you, lady, here on the end. If, if, if I was going into a spiritual battle, I would want you standing right next to me. Father, in Jesus' name, everything she's been crying out to you for now, now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Strong in the word, but you're going to be very strong in the things of the spirit as well. God's going to teach you some things himself this year. This year. God himself is going to teach you some things about the spirit world and the spirit realm. Praise the Lord. We need them both. We need them both. We got to be strong in the word and strong in the Holy Ghost. We need them both. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I'm not even, I'm not even introduced yet. Lord, how can we salvage this thing? My home church in Tampa, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, he caught a word from God about what this next year would be. And it just so happens it's the same thing that God told me. Normally I get these big, grandiose things and these themes, and I'll spend all year preaching on them. This year the Lord said, 2024, to me, privately, He said, son, this year it's personal. And I told my wife, I said, this is the first year I don't have a, like, a word for the global body of Christ. And I was a little, like, not understanding why. And then, at our New Year service, our pastor that we're under his ministry, Rodney Howard Brown, he said, the Lord told me the strangest thing. This year, it's personal. This is the year of the personal fulfillment of your personal promises from God. Things that have looked like they've been held up for years and years. This is the year of their release. Now, if you feel that jumping in your spirit, it's yours, baby. It's yours. And it'll work for you. If you're like, not really sure what that means, just hold on. There'll be something else that will be for you. I know what I'm saying. This is the year. It's not like God is just now taking a special interest in you and in your dreams, and in your promises. But this is the year of the personal fulfillment of God's promises to you. If you could listen to this man of God, this would be the year to carve out more time to pray and hear instructions. 
this would be the year to really carve out some time to give yourself to the presence of God. There's an anointing on this thing, baby, that makes it so easy. You guys are about to find out. So easy. What's been hard now becomes easy. Hallelujah. The strength of God. I see the hand of God working in your body. Praise the Lord. I'm mildly aware of some health issues that my memory, but I'm not relying on that. I'm telling you what I see. I see the hand of the Lord working in you, and I see strength pouring into you right now. In Jesus' name. You've asked God, and you'll have it. You've asked God. Stand. Praise the Lord. There was a time where there was some uncertainty of what does this mean? And you ask the Lord for something to extend your days. And the Lord says, yes. yes. Absolutely, yes. And I, I can even, I can, I, I'm not allowed to tell you, I can see the year that you will leave the earth. You have a long, full life ahead of you. Praise the Lord. You'll have it in Jesus' name. Father, the strength of God flowing through every cell in this body now in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Father. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. All right. Well, we better open our Bible so we can make this service legal. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. You're so wonderful, Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ezekiel Ezekiel 47. I'm going to pivot. I'm calling an audible. You guys follow football? I don't, but they get to the line of scrimmage. They're going to do one thing, and then they call an audible. Ezekiel 47 is the vision that he receives, very similar to what I saw of the river of God, that is ankle deep, then knee deep, then waist deep. And the bottom line is God wants us to get in over our heads. This is not supposed to be a casual thing to have life in the Spirit with God. We are supposed to live so out there on the edge with God that we are in over our heads in the things of the Spirit. We're not carnal Christians. We're not typical American Christians. I mean, you may look like everybody else, but you're not like everybody else. That thing on the inside of you, that deep hunger and love for God, it makes you very, very unique in the body of Christ. And God wants His people to be in over their head. That's where God is taking His church. I promise you that this glorious church that He's coming back for without spot or wrinkle is not going to be a shallow church that doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. The American church, God bless them, I I is one. But we talk about God like He's not in the room. We love to talk about all the things He does everywhere else in the world. 
But if you were to line up the God that we see in Africa and the God that we see in America, they, they does not compute. What is the difference? It's the spiritual climate of his sons and daughters. I promise you that. You start traveling the world, you figure that out really, really quick. But turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6. Hallelujah. Most men of God and women of God, they have a life message. They have certain things that they minister on that, you know, if you meet someone that's really big on discipleship, no matter where they start, they'll get back around to discipleship. Or there's people that are really big on like the marriage and family. Preach on anything, right? They can preach on anything, but eventually it'll come back to like the marriage and family. Their life message gets in there. This is really like my life message is, is life with God and life in the Spirit. And I feel like I might have ministered along these lines here before, Pastor Will. This seems very familiar in the Spirit to me. But I'm going to head this direction. We're talking about moving up higher into the things of God. Galatians chapter 6. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. I want you to see something here. I'm not talking about restoring people that are caught in faults. I want you to see that Paul is writing to Christians. And he uses a very interesting phrase here. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Do you know that you can be a Christian, but not be spiritual? Not be of the Spirit? And this is the state of the American church. And I'm not down on the American church. I love the American church. But I'm standing in an American church right now. And America looks the way that it does because of the state of the church. And I was prophesying last week about Joe Biden and about Donald Trump and some other things. But I want you to know, the hope of America is not in the White House. The hope of all of America is in the church house. And if you can bear it, as the preachers go in America, so the nation goes. No church can ever rise above the revelation and the consecration of their leader, man or woman. And if you hate women preachers, you and me will not be friends. I love women preachers. You who are spiritual, Paul is saying you can be a Christian, but you cannot be spiritual. Well, what does a spiritual Christian look like? I'm not going to give you an outline telling you what does a spiritual Christian look like. I can sum it up just like this. Psalm 42. Deep calls unto deep. The Amplified Bible says that roaring deep. Psalm 42. Maybe my favorite scripture in all of the Word of God. If you hear me preach every week, I'll quote another favorite in all the Word of God. <laughs> roaring deep calls out to roaring deep. He said that all your waves, all your breakers have crashed over me. It's the deepest part of me crying out to the deepest part of God. 
That's why you can never stay the same. If you are walking with the Holy Ghost from year to year, this is my life message. I am 49 years old. I've been preaching full time since I was 19. It's 2024. When I look back at 2023, God is my witness. I don't recognize the Russell Lorfing that was here last year. That dude was backslid. That dude was so carnal because I, have, I am diving into God more now than ever before. And I would tell you that I don't know how to get any deeper. I don't know how to love Jesus more. But you mark my words. You come back a year from now and this guy here, I won't recognize him. He's too carnal. He's too lackadaisical about the things of God. I give hours and hours of my life to God because I love him. Not to earn anything from him. Because I really love Jesus. His word is like honey to my lips. Why would I watch television? Why would I sit there and scroll social media when I can live in the ecstasy of his presence? You who are spiritual. And it's easy to be a carnal Christian when everything's going okay. But friends, I'm not a doom and gloom prophet. But things are not going to stay okay in America. I was prophesying to you a little bit last week about what's coming. Someone told me the stock market hit an all-time high last week. Awesome. It's great for all of our retirement accounts. Only problem is I don't plan to ever retire. It's wonderful that the economy is supposedly doing great. I've seen the downfall of the economy in America. I told you the Lord said, get up in grace and truth and tell them what I told you. The Lord said, tell the people, you better start learning to live on daily bread. Jesus taught, Jesus told us to pray and taught us how to pray. Whether you agree or disagree that that's a New Testament model prayer for us post-resurrection, we could fight about the theology of that a little bit. But Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. There was something about God all the way back in the Old Testament that they could gather manna, but it wouldn't hold more than a day. Then it would rot. There's something about God that He loves to be looked to. And in the days that are coming in America, God said, you better know how to get daily bread, daily instruction. You sound like a conspiracy theorist if you talk this way. But I've seen some things that if I was susceptible to fear would, wait, would make my knees knock together. There will be Holy Ghost Christians that are told by God, don't go into that city. Because of the things that are going to happen in that city through terrorism. You better know how to hear God. See, my missionaries in, in, that we raise up in other nations, they know how to hear God. I have a missionary that is in Zaire, Tanzania, and she was walking on a boat. And she heard the audible voice of God say, stop, turn around. And she stopped and turned around. And as she's walking away, the entire boat explodes, the ferry. Everyone on it killed. But they live under that kind of tension. We don't have that in America. Yet, I'm not afraid of what's coming. 
I'm not afraid of what's coming. You shouldn't be afraid of what's coming. But the ability to live without calling on God and living by the direction of the Holy Ghost. I've talked to men that on September 11th, 2001, God woke them up and said, do not go into work today. And they worked in the World Trade Center. You better know how to hear God. Daily bread. So instead of waiting until there's a massive disruption to the food supply, which will happen in America, not conspiracy theory, there will be a disruption of the food supply in America. You're saying, Russell, when? In the spirit, it looks to me like tomorrow, which means it's probably like five years from now. But <laughs> there, is a, there is a disruption coming to the food supply in America linked to terrorism that's going to terrify people. Don't wait until then to have to learn to hear God for where do I get groceries? How do I help my neighbor? What do I do? From God's perspective, we're supposed to live that way now. We are spiritual people filled with the Spirit of God. And I say this with a heart full of love. Do the people that know you know you to be a person that is filled with God Himself? Just a few verses before, Galatians 6, 1, Galatians 5. In the Amplified, Galatians 5, 25, in the Amplified, my favorite verse in all of the Word of God. I really mean it, this one. <laughs> if we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. And if by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line, our conduct, our life controlled by the Holy Ghost. That's the way that we're supposed to live. Everyone that encounters you should know that there is something so different about you. Not because you judge them for your sin, but because your words have weight. Because the presence of God is on even your good morning. How are you? I've walked through hotels and just said good morning to the front office staff. Have them just start weeping under the presence of God. The cry of my heart is, Lord, let me carry that every moment of every day for my life. This is the heart of God for His people. That we would be so saturated with the Spirit of God that everywhere we go, the aroma of Jesus fills the room. This is not preacher talk. This is reality. Jesus is so wonderful. He is so irresistible. And one whiff of the presence of Jesus, sinners can feel. Hallelujah. How do you carry the fragrance of Christ, is what Paul taught it. How do you carry the fragrance of Jesus? If you were to get in my Lincoln Navigator right now, you would smell the smell of my cologne that I went <laughs> as I started driving. And my friends get in the car, and they're like, man, your car always smells so good because that cologne, I go, because my wife doesn't want it next to her. I do, then I get in and it falls down into the carpet. They're like, oh man, it smells so good in your car. 
You can tell where I've been because it lingers. That's the way it is with Jesus. If you'll stay in the presence of Jesus, you'll start to look like Him. You'll start to sound like Him. This world is so desperate for the reality of God. Grace and Truth Church, they should see Jesus in your eyes. They should hear Jesus in your voice. And I know many of you, they do. But if 2,000 years ago, Paul could address a church and say, Hey, all you Christians, you who are spiritual, we can do the same kind of heart check today. Are we spiritual, full of God? And yes, it's a journey. Yes, I look totally different today than I did five years ago, one year ago. That's the journey that we're all on. Paul said it like this, that those that God foreknew, he predestined. I believe in predestination. I was predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus. And my whole life, my whole life, your whole life as a child of God is being conformed into the image of Jesus. I hope that you can't recognize yourself from a year ago. I mean this with all my heart. I can't even remember how carnal I was a year ago. I mean, there was too much Russell and not enough Jesus. And just give me another year. Come back in a year. I'll be so much further down the road. This is my life's pursuit. And this is my offering. This is my offering to God. Listen to me, grace and truth. This is my offering and this is your offering to God. Every minute of every day doesn't belong to me. Every minute of every day belongs to the Lord Jesus. I belong to Him. We were bought with a, such a high price. The precious blood of Jesus. So all of our life is surrendered to Him. And life gets so much fun when you're out on the edge with God. You can't, I can't tell you what May's going to look like in my life. But I can just tell you that I'm abandoned to God. I can't exactly tell you what your December 2024 is going to look like. But if you hook up with the Holy Ghost, grab another gear and let it rip. Man, imagine the places God is going to take you. Hallelujah. I said that phrase. I mentioned it last week. I get in trouble in churches. I mentioned that phrase. There are things I say that Jesus really, really likes. And when I said, and this is my offering, woo, I got lit up with like a bazillion jolts of like the pleasure of God. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to minister along these lines. And this is my offering. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark 14. Pastor Will, we doing okay? All right. (laughs) 
There's a place of abandonment in God that you really, really want. When I was on this 40-day fast, the Lord told me, and He said I could tell you, because He said, tell them what I told you. He said, everything that you've ever desired is in my presence. And He began to show me thing after thing after thing of my life that I would have told you they were no way they were connected to the presence of God. And God showed me, Russell Lorfink, how everything I've ever desired is found in the presence of God. And this is my offering to God, to live in His presence and never disconnect from Him. I have an 18-year-old son, and yesterday... We had a two-hour conversation on the phone. He's back in Tampa at Rodney Howard Brown's Bible School. And he called me on the phone, and he said, Dad, I told you all last week he had led 133 people to Jesus. I was so proud of him. This last week he let it rip. He's at 170 for the semester. He's just, he is lighting it up. Everywhere he goes, he's just bold. Give me sickness. Give me pain. Do you know Jesus? Is there anything you need prayer for? He just, he's so hungry to see God move. He called me and we talked for two hours on the deck, the beachfront in Bolivar. And he said, Dad, I've noticed that when I get around certain people, I disconnect from the Holy Ghost. But I get around other people and it's like I stay connected with the Holy Ghost. And I said, that's a big clue. Don't hang out with people that make you disconnect from the Spirit of God. Amen. You know that you could be in your 60s and still have people in your world that make you disconnect from the Spirit of God? Don't do that. Don't do that. Anything that keeps me from being connected with God is my enemy. That's how I feel. Anything that makes me start thinking carnally, makes me pull away from the things in my heart, connection to God, every minute of every day, that is a revealer of something that's not good. Praise the Lord. You say, why do you say that? Because I know what I'm doing. God's answering the cry of someone's heart here. God's speaking deep words of correction to somebody here. What I just said. God will save your life. God will save your life. If you'll recognize the people that pull you away from the presence of God, He'll save your life. Praise the Lord. You say, I don't know that. Well, it's not for you. Praise God. All right. Mark 14. Verse 3, and being Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not always have. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. And then Jesus says, assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told is a memorial to her. 
We're literally fulfilling Scripture, even reading that verse this morning. There's a lot we don't know about this lady, but we know that that costly oil that she poured out on Jesus cost one year's wages. And if you had spent many years saving up a lump sum of money that would be equal to one year's after-tax wages, and then you went down and bought it, and then you poured it upon Jesus, that's what it would be like. And when we talk about this, the alabaster box, the alabaster flask, usually it's in the context of a financial offering. My whole life in ministry, I've always heard this and preached it along the lines of a financial offering. But I want to say this. The greatest offering I can ever offer God is not my money. The greatest offering I can ever God is all of me. It's the hidden places of me. It's the places that are not fully surrendered to Him. I happened to grab the wrong Bible on this trip. And th this is not my preaching Bible. In my preaching Bible, I have an offering envelope from 15 years ago that I was in a service and I took an offering envelope and a red Sharpie and I wrote Russell Orfing in my address and where it put the amount for tithe and offering and missions. I just wrote all of me. I cease to exist. On that Sunday morning 15 years ago, I put myself in the offering and said, never another day in my life will I live holding anything back from you. And this is my offering. This is our offering, Grace and Truth Church, is every measure of our life. And if I asked you if God has it all, you might say, no. You might say, I sure hope so. But if you're listening to the Spirit of God, even as I'm talking right now, God is revealing and He's dealing with areas. Because listen to me, God wants it all. On this last 40-day fast, three words that shook this guy to my core. I heard the Lord say in my left ear, all means all. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is my offering to God. All of me. This is your offering to God, Grace and Truth Church. All of you. Every fear. Every insecurity. Every bit of small thinking. That's what we put on the altar. That's our greatest offering to God. You could write me a check for a million dollars today for my ministry. I'd have it spent in six weeks. I promise you. The greatest offering you could ever give to the Lord Jesus is the part of you that's held back. We're not talking about earning anything from Jesus. This is my free will offering. Every part of me. Hallelujah. Close your eyes with me. Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, do for these people 
these precious people what you did for me. Lord, out of your great love, show them the things that are held back. Show them their alabaster box where it's not poured out. Grace and truth, you have to get low. There, there's something about this grace movement, which I am gladly a part of and that I love. There's something about this grace movement that has lost this humility in the fear of the Lord because Jesus paid for everything. There's the fear of God is like left. Like the revelation that Jesus paid it all and we can't earn anything somehow exempts us from living in the fear of the Lord where everything belongs to Him. And one whisper is all we have to say before we say, Lord, it's yours. What fears? What insecurities? These are the deep things the Holy Ghost really comes for. You won't find anybody on planet Earth more for healing and miracles and prophetic words and we'll knock them all down and they'll run and they'll laugh and they'll cry. I mean, listen, my meetings are four and five hours long typically. I love the move of the Holy Ghost. But do you know what the Holy Ghost is really after? He's after you. He's after the hidden parts of your heart that are held back. And that's where the stuff is. You wonder, Lord, when? 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 It's when you bring to the Lord your offering. This is this part of me I give to you. Oh, hallelujah. I pastored for 20 years in Dallas-Fort Worth. Nobody wants to counsel with a prophet because you get about one if you're really, really nice and cry a lot, you might get two sessions. But I don't have the grace on my life to keep saying the same thing. Same thing. So literally, people would sit across from me at my desk. I'd say, same thing I told you last month. Same a thing, same a thing, same a thing. Same thing. God is so patient. God is so patient. But He won't change the way His kingdom works for anybody. And I've been at this thing a day or two. Why can you find someone who's been saved five years and they're zooming past someone who's been saved 50 years? Because the person saved 50 years has a hang-up they won't give to Jesus. They'll just stay where they're at. We're talking about moving up higher. And this is the thing that keeps you from moving level to level. It's just God says, I want that. That hurt, that fear, that insecurity, Whatever that is, that's the thing that God is after. That small thinking that, well, if God really wants that, he'll find someone else. No, God's saying, you, bucko, you. I've got that for you. Praise the Lord. The deepest parts of God's heart are what we want. And in a meeting like this, God will pull this thing back, layer by layer and the deepest part of God they call to the deepest part of you and it's about this time when you realize that the things that you battled even as a teenager they never really left your life they're still there and you can move on and have this relationship and that relationship and you can have this great thing happen and this great thing happen and you are loved by God. But you are stuck. And you've never moved past that thing. 
I stand in front of people often. And let's say that this is the altar of the church. And I've called up a prayer line. And I'm going down the line and I'm ministering to people. I have stood in front of people that it's like an alien movie. When I stand in front of them, I've physically seen their head turn around backwards because they're always looking back at something that happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And until that's dealt with, there's no going deeper in the things of God. You can be loved by God. You are, absolutely. But you're going no higher, baby. And this is what the Lord wanted me to minister on. How do you make progress of the thing that you've gone after and gone after and gone after? Let me tell you something. This, this, this will make a bunch of preachers mad. You don't need more Bible teaching. You don't need more revival services. You need to come to the end of yourself and give God your offering and break your flask over Jesus. That's what you really need. All of our life in God is surrender. Nothing in God happens outside of surrender. The biggest problem for Jesus from his men and his women that lead his church is the lack of surrender. But it's also figured down into the church. There are powerful men and women of God here. There are very powerful men and women seated in these chairs here. But you were beset by the same things year after year after year after year. And the Holy Ghost is putting His finger on some things so that you can move higher. God wants some things for your life. Listen, I could nail some things in the Holy Ghost, but it still wouldn't help you. Because until you release them, I can tell you about abuse. I can tell you about wrongs that were done to you. Many of you, it might soften your heart a little bit, but do you know where you actually have to get? I'm going to take this thing and I'm going to break it to Jesus as an offering. This is my offering. The deepest places of me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for touching your people. Lord, doing that thing that only you can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm going to shift gears for a minute. I'm going to say this. If you know in your spirit that you need to respond to this, before you leave underneath that exit sign, just come and I'm going to minister to you. And, 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 I, and I'll give you some things from God. If you know you have to respond to this part of the prophetic word, I'll help you. You can leave this, you can leave this building different, I promise you. Hallelujah. But I'm going to shift gears. Praise the Lord. This morning in the Spirit, I saw five things that I would minister on. I didn't know what they were, and I have no idea where we're at. I'm going to just go till I feel a release in my spirit. That's just the way we do it. All right? Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about the transformation of America. Praise the Lord. Last week, I mentioned under the unction of the Holy Ghost 
this phrase that you've lived on too little for too long. And the Spirit of God was saying, it's time to take your place. And that is so true. There are powerful men and women here in this building that the only change, the only shift in your life is to take your place and the authority that God has given you and everything is going to change for you. Because it's possible to be loved by God and to be living on too little for way too long. You say, you're talking about money? Sure. But I'm talking about all the other stuff that make up our life in God as well. You lived on too little for too long. Take your place in the Spirit. There was a man of God who was standing at a train station and there was a lady that came and she had a little bitty dog following behind her. And her little dog was just nipping and yapping, probably a chihuahua. I'm not a dog person. I'll lose half the crowd, but not a dog person. Probably a little obnoxious little chihuahua or something. And that dog's just yipping and yapping. She's like, now Fritzy, you go home. And the dog will not obey, just yipping and yapping and jumping up on her. And <clears throat> dog just yipping. She turns around and she says, Fritzy, now you go home. And that dog's just yipping and yapping and doing what it does. And she finally gets frustrated. And she puts down her heel and she goes, Fritzy, you go home. And that little dog tucked its tail and just ran. And the evangelist that was standing there, Wigglesworth, he said, that's how you deal with the devil. <laughs> and I've cast out a lot of devils in my life. And I want you to know, demonic powers know who knows their authority and who doesn't. Right? Take your place, Grace and Truth Church. Oh, hallelujah. The largest church on planet Earth is in Lagos, Nigeria, Bishop David Oyedepo. And he was casting out devils uh, during a deliverance service. And one of his associate pastors came up and he said, Pastor, Pastor, there's a lady down here and she's manifesting a devil. And she looked me right in the eyes. Her eyes changed colors and she punched me right in the nose and broke his nose. And he said, Pastor, why was that devil allowed to punch me like that? And David, David Oedepo said, because you look like somebody who could be punched. No devil's going to punch me like that. Because devils know if you know your authority. I was ministering to a Satanist once. And they, they were trying to attack me. I was doing street ministry in Debellum in downtown Dallas. And they were trying to attack me. And they all, they all got around me, all their witches and warlocks. And they all tried to come and they were going to bum rush me, like to attack me. But there was like a Holy Ghost force field. And the guy, he got right here and I could see his eyes pulsating. And every time they would pulsate, they would change colors. I mean, like a real devil. You know, you know brother, it wasn't like an American devil. He had picked up a, a real devil from Africa somewhere. Yeah, he had, a, he had a real devil, not an American devil. But he couldn't do anything to me because I knew my authority. And I know that what's on the inside of me is far greater than what's on the inside of him. Take your place. You don't have to put up with sickness and disease. You don't have to put up with lack. You don't have to put up with fear. There are little things 
that hanged on the life of the average Christian that one ounce of authority could easily deal with. Don't put up with things that Jesus paid a price to redeem you from. Now, I minister a lot in the area of healing and miracles. I'm grateful to God for some gifts that He's given to me that make miracles like effortless. Praise the Lord. I mean it. Praise the Lord. It's, it's awesome. But I'll tell you that as much as we know about healing is the American church, I've never called a healing line anywhere where 70 to 80% of the people, if they were honest, didn't come up for prayer for something. Folks, Jesus paid an awful price in his body that we could walk in divine health. I told you last week, it wasn't just less than 15 days ago, I was in the hospital in ICU. Didn't know what happened. They were giving me all kinds of terrible reports about organ failure, but I got a praying Holy Ghost wife. Amen. And she left me in the hospital. She went home and went to praying, and God said, dance before me like the miracle's already done. And as she was dancing before the Lord in our prayer room at my house, I felt the presence of God come upon me in the ICU. They came and drew my blood, 100% perfect, discharged. Three different doctors came in and said I wouldn't be able to be on this trip because they weren't going to let me leave the hospital. Nah, they don't get to tell me what I can do for Jesus. Love medical doctors, but the most arrogant people on planet earth, like they have the final say. The Lord Jesus Christ has the final say, right? And his blood speaks a better word. Isn't that true? Now, now, everybody agrees with that. I can always get the crowd. Now let me ask you. In your body, are there things you're putting up with? Yes. Yes. If I went down the line, I'd start nailing things in some of you that I can see. We're free from the curse of the law, but there are plagues of long continuance in this room. Things that have gone on for years, even for decades. Listen to this word from God. Take your place. Call a three-day fast. You might not... Tell it by the look of me, but this guy right here pushes back his plate and fast. Don't I, babe? Take three days, push back the plate, open up your Bible, put worship on a 24-7 loop and say, Lord, we are doing business today and this thing goes. Amen. They told me I had diabetes because, you know, my diet was complete crap. And my wife, thank God, has helped clean it up. And... Um, they said I had all this to take all this medicine. I said, that is not my portion. But they showed me how to check my blood sugar. So over 30 days, I took my blood sugar twice a day and spoke to my body to be made perfect and for my blood sugar to be perfect. And my wife will tell you it's 100% perfect. Praise the Lord. I came out of the hospital with COVID when I was caught away three days with Jesus. And they said, you've got all these problems in your body from COVID and all this inflammation. You're going to be on all these drugs forever. I said, I'll take your medicine because I told my wife I would, but I'll give you like 30 days. So every day I went, just what I just did here. I went to a beach for 30 days, got the most expensive beachfront home I could with no neighbors so I could watch the sunrise, put on worship, and I did business with God for 30 days. And what they said would be there for years, every single thing left. Anyone can do that. But you got to go after it. I know we're all grace people. Makes us the most passive group of people in the body of Christ. I'm telling you, man. I mean, to know so much, but to live in so little, 
it doesn't honor Jesus. Let me say that again. To know so much, but to walk in so little doesn't honor Jesus. Do business with God and have the great life that God paid for you to have. Free from sickness. Free from disease. While I'm at it, free from poverty. Free from lack. Free from depression. Free from worry. This is the God kind of life that's available to us. You know when I preach like this, it doesn't matter. No one has to say amen. You can nod or shake your head. The Holy Ghost loves it. God loves His church. And He made so much available to us. Hallelujah. The doctors don't get the final say. The bank doesn't get the final say. Hallelujah. And no bank get to tell you what you can do for Jesus in your ministry. Isn't that right? The Lord Jesus tells you what you can do. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? I love you, Jesus. You're so wonderful. This, this couple right here. What do you guys do? Like, for a profession? Uh, Say again? Teacher? Consulting to banks. Hmm. Well, don't know quite how to say this. I see a shift in the Holy Ghost for both of your lives that's very, very good. Very, very good. I would have bet anything that you guys were either preachers or aspired to be preachers because I could see the hand of the Lord upon you so strongly. So I'm going to ask the Lord to do something. To stir in your heart, hallelujah, any direction changes. To stir in your heart, any direction changes. I'm not calling you to the ministry, but I know men of God. If there's one thing I can sniff, I can sniff out a real man of God with a real heart for God. Praise the Lord. God is going to use you powerfully, my brother. Praise the Lord. And out of my right hand, Lord, as I've done to people all over the earth, impartation, Lord. The gifts of the Spirit, effortless operation, they flow into you now. Amen. Hallelujah. As the Spirit wills, and believe me, He wills. He wants His church fully adorned with all the gifts of the Spirit. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The future of America will be shaped by men and women that burn with the fire of God. The restraining force that keeps America from becoming a hellhole is men and women burning with the Spirit of God. I talked about some things last week that I'm not going to repeat. But I want to tell you about something that the Lord took me back 70 years to 1953. To the Philippines. Listen to me. 1953. There's a young missionary there named Lester Sumrall. And on the radio, on the radio, he hears news reports coming out of Bilabad prison where there is a girl there named Clarita Villanueva who is possessed with devils where bite marks appear all over her body 
and you can hear there's terrifying screams. You can look this up. It was worldwide headlines in 1953. They couldn't explain what happened to this girl. She had been arrested for prostitution. She's in Bilabad prison, which is a terrible place in Manila, Philippines. And she can see bite marks appearing all over her body. And they would, they would analyze the bite marks and they wouldn't match any of the bite marks of a human. But it didn't, march, didn't match the bite marks of any canine. They didn't know what it was. One of, the, one of the chief wardens came and would kick her. And she pointed and growled at him in another tongue and he dropped dead. All of this was reported in, in Manila. So a young missionary, Lester Sumrall, is listening to the radio and he hears this girl screaming, screams of terror as she's bitten by unseen devils. All of this is written, all of this is in the book called Bitten by Devils. And the Lord speaks to Lester Sumrall and he said, go and cast that devil out of her. And this is all the news would report on television, radio, and newspapers. And it was going around the world. So Lester Sumrall went and he met with the girl. But by the time he could get there, two more of the guards dropped dead that were trying to deal with her. Everyone was terrified because she would get superhuman, demonic strength, and she would whoop eight or ten men at once while all these bite marks were appearing all over her body, and then they would fade. Lester Sumrall walks into the room, recognizes that he doesn't have what he needs to deal with the situation. Lester Sumrall's like my hero. I respect it so much. I'd like to think I would have done the same thing. He said, I'll be back in two days. He goes and he pushes back the plate. He prays and he fasts for two days. Goes back in two days and he casts the devil out of Clarita Villanueva in front of the entire news media taking pictures and recording it. Those devils begin to speak. He says, silence in Jesus' name and out. And she's instantly delivered and she's speaking back. She was actually speaking English. This is the part of the story that never gets old for me. She doesn't speak English, but as soon as Lester Sumrall, full of the Holy Ghost, walks in, she says in perfect English, in a man's voice, a 14-year-old girl, I know you, Lester Sumrall. That's the devil. <laughs> Friends, you want to be known by hell. We know we're known by heaven. You also should be known by hell. You hear me? Yeah. He cast the devil out of her. It sets off a revival that goes for 30 years in the Philippines. The mayor of Manila says, what do you need from me? Lester Sumrall, it was Praise Chapel, his church is still there. He said, I'm building the largest church in Southeast Asia, and your corrupt officials won't give us our permits. While he was in his office, he cleared out the stuff. That church is still in operation today. He said, is there anything else I can do for you, young, young Lester Sumrall? He said, I want the city park for six weeks. There had never been an open gospel crusade in the Philippines. He won 300,000 people to Jesus. It's a Christian nation today because one man with the Holy Ghost dealt with the devil. Now listen to me. We are going to have to have that in America. If you think that this whole thing's going to turn because of politics, because of right-wing stuff, left-wing stuff, it's both heads of the same snake. The answers for all of mankind are in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And America must have men and women 
filled with the power of God. And we're going to. We're going to. I told you last week, I was taken in the spirit to a little town in Tennessee to a church that doesn't seat 100 people. And I saw 10,000 people just on their church grounds. As I drive through cities, sometimes my eyes are opened. I see every NFL and NBA arena filled with people hearing this gospel. America shall be saved. Not by any political power, but because men and women catch fire. Hallelujah. The greatest hope for America is sitting in this room. Men and women filled with the Spirit of God. The Lord said, call it forth. Call it forth. Men and women in America filled with the Spirit of God. Filled with the power of God. Shaking this thing to its core. I was telling you last week about my son who loves Wingstop. <laughs> loves Wingstop. His favorite restaurant on planet Earth. He's walking down the street and the Lord says, go tell that person about me. He walks up to a man who's 52 years old. And he said, sir, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to ask you a question. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? And the man was arrested. And he said, no. No one's ever told me that. And my 18-year-old son tells the general manager of Wingstop about the Lord Jesus. And he gets saved. And then he offers him free wings for life. <laughs> this has to happen all over America. Every mayor, every congressman, every business owner. I was taken into a vision once and I saw how fast America's going to change. It'll look like, and it looked to me like six weeks of the church catching fire till the whole thing changed. I saw little bitty candles connecting the little bitty candles where the flame got bigger until little bitty flickers turned into flames and there wasn't a place in America not ablaze with the fire of God. I don't have to wonder if the third great awakening is coming. I saw it, baby, with these eyes. Hallelujah. And I plan to be right in the center of it. And I believe you will be too. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, for sealing every word spoken today. Lord, you said stand up in front of your people and fling prophetic seed. I've done that with all my heart. Lord, let every seed take root in Jesus' name. Let every seed take root. Now speak to your people upon their bed, upon their rising. Lord, let this thing go deep, deep, deep in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. In 30 years, I've never known how to end a service. So I don't. I don't. I am going to be here and I want to minister to you. And the Lord told me this. When you stand in front of my people, minister to their greatest need. So no matter where I am, I open up the altars. Churches usually look a little different than this. And I'll spend two or three hours sometimes after a service just ministering to people. If God gives me a word, I want to pray for you, Hannah, and the baby before you leave. 
Um, if God gives me a word, I'll give it to you. No problem. But also, I have this gift of faith working on my life. Things break loose when I pray for people. They really, really do. I have a word for you guys as well. I have a word for you as well. Praise the Lord. So, I just want to minister to you. If you desire ministry, if we can go after your greatest need, I'm here. But I'm going to go ahead and bring Pastor Will back up. Praise the Lord. We'll kind of transition the service a little bit. I'm just going to stand here for just a second. And I'm just going to look over the crowd. Praise the Lord. Make sure there's nothing else that I'm going to... Like I had to call my brother and sister here back from last week. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sam. Every day this week, your face came before me as I prayed in the early hours of the morning. And the Lord told me to tell you these words. I'm not calling you poor, and I'm not calling you a beggar. The Lord said, tell Sam that I take the poor, and I rise the beggar out of the dunghill, and I set them amongst princes. And God said, I'm going to prosper your life. And he told me one more thing to declare over you. That freedom would be the song of your heart. And he said to tell you that that which hinders you, he breaks. That which hinders you, he breaks. Raise your hand to heaven. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus... You said that freedom, 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 you said that freedom would be the song of his heart. Hallelujah. Every chain broken, everything that hinders broken now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, my father. Glory be to God. Lord, fill him to overflowing till there's not room for anything else. Fill him to overflowing until there's not room for anything else. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. My friends right here, I stood in front of you last week and I said I would have something for you this week. I heard myself say it. As I was watching the sunrise this morning, I saw your faces. And the Lord told me to tell you this. That he's heard your cry. And that your next five steps. This is about money. This is about that which produces money. It will start with hundreds and will turn into thousands. The Lord said the next five steps are on him. All you have to do is walk. And I saw five pavestones set. So your feet won't get muddy. You don't have to wonder where to step. You literally just step, 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 step. Now, I've seen this vision before. There was a farmer, the Lord reminded me, in West Texas that I saw five pavestones in front of him. He thought he would have five cows. He had 500 cows from his first day as a rancher because the Lord laid it all out for him. He didn't do a thing. He says the easiest thing he's ever done. I see that for you. Five pave stones. I'll tell you what else the Lord showed me. I'm not calling you to be the associate pastors of this church. That's not my role. You hear me, Pastor Will? 
You hear me, Pastor Will? I'm not calling you to be the associate pastors of this church, but I acknowledge the pastoral gift and the pastoral heart that's on both of you. I've never seen it before until this morning. Praise the Lord. It was hidden from me. You shall minister to the flock of God. Many of them in their hours of greatest need. And out of great compassion, the gifts of the Spirit shall flow. I'm not calling you to be the associate pastors of this church. I'm not, Pastor Will. But I see the shepherd's heart and I acknowledge it in my office as a prophet of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. All right. Pastor Will, now, now come. I've sweated through my shirt. I've did everything that I have in, in the public meeting. And now we're turning it over to the great Pastor Will. Do you do, do, you do my gun? I didn't want Russell to know who they were, because, uh, and sure enough, he went straight over it. That's, that's God. Just like when, when I told him, uh, he, he recognized the anointing. He said, don't tell me anything about them, but is it, who is that? And I said, yeah. I said, you met them once before. And then, and then I was trying to come back to <laughs> But I like that. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> But praise God, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm so blessed that uh, 
that the body of Christ, God has all of these gifts within in the body, and, and they're for and they're for us. But also, you know, how how uh, how humble. Um, and you know, I I, uh, I thought about teaching on humility this year sometime. <laughs> Those of you that listen or come, uh, I've been stuck on humility. Mm-hmm. I said I'll just preach on until Jesus comes and until we get it. But that's that's a that's a humble spirit that says, listen, I I I'm a, I walk in a prophetic office, you know, like he said, and he does, obviously, and uh, as well as other offices in the body. He's a great man of God, but he said, what we teach is that you have you already have Jesus. You have everything that you need all the time. But, you know, sometimes we just get stuck. He called that out. The Lord just exposed that today. He challenged you. He said, well, the presence is so tangible, you know, because the anointing can get tangibly thick in a place. And that's just a great time to just surrender some of those things. Because ultimately what God wants is for you to be as strong as horseradish. He wants you to walk in your identity. He wants you to walk in power and authority and victory in every area of your life. He wants you to be so confident in his love for you that there's nothing anyone can do to make you not love them with the love of God. And that's all that when Jesus ascended, he gave five gifts to you. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. There are, I'm glad you said that about women ministers. The second second week in a row, I never heard you say that before, but I always knew it. Yeah, I mean, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I know there, I know there are, I know, I know there are three women preachers in here that I know of, and I know of Right now, for sure, I know of two others that have not admitted their calling yet. So, but anyway, that's just so far. But you know, <laughs> there's a. You all have everything that you need. If you have Jesus, and if you don't have a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're here, just don't leave without that. Neither do we, yeah. because um, Jesus told his the original twelve or. 11 and 12 again. Don't, don't preach. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything in my name. Don't even try ministering in my name. And they were the most qualified in the world to do it, and the only ones, really. Yeah. He said, wait. Wait for the gift. Wait for the helper. Wait for the advocate. Because they needed it, and Jesus needed it, because he received the Holy Ghost and baptism when he received was baptized by his cousin in the Jordan River, right, at the same time. That's the only that's the only extra thing he had. He laid aside everything else. You know that, right? He had to. He had to become like us in order to be qualified to be our kinsman redeemer. God is that just and holy. He holds himself accountable to his own contractual work. 
Thank God for the new contract, the new covenant. Where Jesus has paid it all. But listen, this is grace and truth, church. Grace is everything that Jesus paid for with his precious sacrifice on the cross. What's that bought? Eternal life, physical healing. Physical healing. Provision for every area of our life. That's all of us.
I like to translate the King James into Texan sometimes, so forgive me. But he also reminded us, how many of you know that the, the Old Testament is just, it's, it's, uh, it's written in a shadow of what was going to be revealed when Jesus came. And so in Deuteronomy 8.18, he said, hey, listen, again, this is in Texas, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you Israelites into the, the promised land. And so if you translate that into New Covenant Texas, he said, I'm, Jesus said, I'm going to bring you New Covenant believers into a land of promises. We're all 8,000 or so. Anybody counted yet for me? I'm going to stick with 8,000. 8,000 of the promises that I've made to you are yes and amen in Christ. And so you have been given a lot. He says, when I lead you into the land of promises, don't forget me. Don't forget me. I'm the one that gave you the ability to obtain wealth. Oh, yes. Russell stood up here and says, you're all living way below your inheritance. He said something to that effect. It's time to move up. What sort of demands have you placed on God? In other words, let's say it like Jesus said. What, what demands have you placed on your faith? Because we live in a balance of grace and faith here. See, everything Jesus provided was done 2,000 years ago. It's already on account for you. How do we get it? What is the hand that reaches out and takes hold of the things provided by grace? The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Faith is that hand that reaches out and takes hold of the things provided by grace. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when you sow your seed, sow a seed of faith. Make it hurt a little bit. Amen? And then wrap expectancy around it, believing to receive a hundredfold return. Yes. Put some demands on your faith. God's already provided. The answer is yes and amen. amen. You have not because you ask not. And then sometimes we have not because we ask him because we're selfish. I don't think that's the case in this room with most of you. I think you're just forgetting to, I think you, you, you're confusing humility with religion. And we don't want to do that. Humility is just giving Jesus all the credit for everything. It can seem almost like arrogance. You ever, you ever seen, uh, what's our great example these days? Shuttlesworth. <laughs> Jonathan? Yeah. Jonathan Shuttlesworth? Great man of God. Within the first five minutes, you guys just want to slap him around a little bit. <laughs> he seems cocky and arrogant. And <laughs> You listen for six or seven minutes and you begin to love the man and just understand what he's doing. He's just walking in his power and authority and he's not going to settle for anything less than all that God has for him. And he's not going to let the people that he's talking to be complacent in living below their inheritance either. And I like that. Therefore, I like him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
So we're going to challenge all of you to come up. Jesus said, I'm just using an offering as a way to minister a little bit. Because Jesus said, if you don't understand the law of sowing and reaping, you're not going to understand anything he said. So money is just a, a little thing. Money is just the first thing. That's just the beginning of your faith. When you surrender all that you are and all that you have, money, you just want to become a kingdom builder. Amen? Mm -hmm. So I encourage you to sow your best seed today, and we're going to give it all away. Because for selfish reasons. It's going to come back to us a hundredfold. There you go. Amen. Hallelujah. That's yep. how you need to see it every time you jump. And, and for those of you who can't afford to give, man, I took over a church and ministered there for three years. They had a demon board, so it wasn't going to last. But I tried to help them. But there was somebody preaching. And they were like, man, listen, if you're if you're barely didn't buy, if you're hurting, you know, we don't want your money. We're not one of those. You know, just if you have anything, if you if you're doing all right, you got all your bills paid, you know, you can you can share it. I said, I stood up, I said, Whoa, wait a minute. That's you I said, Why do you hate them so much? Man, she got mad. I said, I said, I, I just wanna s I wanna encourage you in this way. If you can't afford to give, give give all you got. Because if you can't afford to give, if you wait until you can't afford it, you never will. Yeah. And it's just, a, it's just stepping out in faith, taking that nasty plunge of surrender, and just trusting God. Now, listen, he said, test me in this. So if it doesn't work, you can go have a little talk with the Lord. And... I'm telling you, he's a man of integrity. If he said it, that settles it. And if he said it to you and you took him up on it and believed him, then you're entitled to have a little talk with him. But if you wrap expectancy around that seed, I can guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Facts. Go ahead. You already do it? I did. You did it already? Yes, sir. <coughs> Come here, brother. Okay. Say hello to everybody. Hello. Hey. Uh, wait a minute. I know you. I'm going to put a three-minute timer on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good to be visiting back again. We want you to come back and hear our brother. We were going to be here last week, so you came back for us. Because we All right. Because we were tied up last week.
your prayers to as we go that God will just uh, open up the doors. We had a great uh, crusade this last time. Uh, I like to kind of put it this way. God showed up. You know, it's one of those types of things where God showed up. Uh, we had a wonderful time. A lot of demons, a lot of stuff with deliverance. Uh, we, we deal with those demons over there that's not over, that somehow can't yeah. make it across the ocean over here. Yeah. And uh, uh, they show out a lot of have some pictures of people, you know, they show how they get on board. I didn't even know it, Ronald. I caught it on my, on my, because I had a mic in my hand, it caught it on the film that I was making, because we were filming it. And uh, this one, well, this one lady, she was just showing how, I mean, she was screaming on the ground, she was flailing here and there. And on the thing, I'm just standing there in front of her, and she's going like, I said, Devil, I'm not impressed. <laughs> You're not impressing me, you know, whatever the case may be. And to see when you lay hands on that woman, the power of God hit that woman and she got up and she would walk around like this. She didn't know where she was. And she had just been out of it. And we got to see a little girl that was 10 years old, never spoke in her life, and spoke Jesus for the first time. Praise God. She loves you guys. She loves this ministry. She's been an encouragement. 
to me just uh, has also has been, and she's very wise. So if I, if you could, if, if I'm right there or wherever, but would you please just speak uh, a few words uh, to, to the people and say hello to them? Sure. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe I'd have a chance with you. I was, I'm so excited that, that you would say yes. So. Go for it, babe. Well, sure. Um, hello, everybody. I guess everybody yeah. knows I'm his wife. <laughs> I'm Belinda. And uh, that's true. Yeah, we do love you guys and pray for you and just always thinking about you and praying for you. And very, very happy to see that you're actually a lot more powerful <laughs> than even I thought before I met you guys. I'm just really, really impressed with you guys and your heart for God and you really love God and um, it really blesses me to see that and what God's doing with everybody is encouraging me. So anyway, just I love you guys and <laughs> Here we go. God bless you all. We love you. 